Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. How's everybody doing this morning? <clears throat> Turn with me to Ephesians chapter number one. I want to read a couple verses and I'll let you be seated. Give honor to the bishop this morning because I'm able to uh, be here this morning. And uh, such an awesome Bible teacher. Amen. And we're thankful for our pastor. Give honor to our pastor for allowing me this privilege to teach this class this morning. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye had received, you were sealed. Everybody say sealed. sealed. With the Holy Spirit. You got the Holy Ghost this morning? Amen. That's a seal. That's a confirmation. <clears throat> you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. It's a promise. Amen. Let's pray for our Bible study and let's pray for our classes this morning that the Lord will just move in a powerful way. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, mighty God, for your goodness <clears throat> and for your mercies. We love you. We believe in you. We trust in you, Jesus. I ask you to be with us in this study this morning. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. And let the church say amen. 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 You may be seated. Been doing a study on the book of Ephesians in the last couple times I've been talking about it. And just for a little sake of review in case you weren't here or in case you forgot. <clears throat> Ephesians in chapter verses 1 through 3, Paul is trying to get across to the believers their position in Christ. We have a great position in Christ. Amen. He puts emphasis on the truth that the church is the body of Christ in which Christ is the head. In John John wrote this, talking about the church. He said, but as many as received him, speaking as, of Jesus Christ, as many as received Jesus, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now we read that, for those of you that have been in church for any amount of time, it's a very common <clears throat> scripture that we're well aware of, right? But it has such a powerful meaning. There's nothing complex about the Word of God. And I'm not going to give you anything new here this morning, amen? But we have to remind ourselves sometimes is that we are the sons and the daughters of Almighty God. That's a powerful position, amen? If you have a child... And your child <clears throat> comes into your house. My son comes into my house, and he's married. He's got his own kids now. He's got his own house. But he comes into my house and acts just like it's his house. He goes into the refrigerator, does whatever he wants in the refrigerator. He just lays around, messes it up just like he used to when he lived there. And, but it's because he's my son. He has a position there. Not any kid can just walk into my house and do that and get away with it. Now, I'll complain about it, but he's still going to do it, and I'm still going to allow him to do it 
because he's my son. And I want you to know that we are the sons and the daughters of Almighty God. Amen? We have a position in God. That's what Paul is trying to get across to us, is that we are the body of Christ. We have a position. He's trying to get across the revelation that the believer, that's you and I, <clears throat> we sit in heavenly places. Hallelujah. We sit in heavenly places. So there's no reason for you to be in the molly grubs. There's no reason for the church to be down. Now, I know we get discouraged. We go through rough times and hard times. But that's the difference between the church and the world. Amen? Because we know even through the hard times, we have a position in God. We are able to come boldly into his presence. <clears throat> the revelation to the believer is that he sits in heavenly places with Christ. And Paul's saying we need to live in accordance to this high calling. Both, there's two factors here, both in the factor that the church has power. Do you know that you have power because you're part of the body of Christ? Matthew chapter 16, 15, he says, He said unto them, Whom do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. This doesn't come by studying. It doesn't come just by somebody teaching you. But it comes by revelation. It was revealed unto thee, but by my Father which is in heaven. Amen? And he said, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, he says, upon this revelation I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. The church has power. I want just to get an understanding. We know that, right? But are we exercising it? Are we living in accordance to our position that we have the power? That not even the gates of hell can come against or prevail against the church. If you got the Holy Ghost, been baptized in Jesus' name, you're the church. It's not this building, but each and every one of us are the church. Hallelujah. You can go into a wicked world, and we live in a wicked world, don't we? Where everything's chaotic and everything's messed up. But to the church, we're up here a little bit. We are sitting in heavenly places with Christ. And we've got the power to overcome. And it doesn't matter, hallelujah, we don't need to be intimidated by the world. We don't need to be fearful of the devil and his ta tactics because we are the body of Christ. We have position and we have power. Everybody say power. We also, with that great position and that power comes an accountability though. Ephesians 3 and 2 says, If ye have heard of the dispensation of grace, of the grace of God, which has given me to you word, to you all, in other words. He said, I've been given this dispensation of grace to give to you. I talked about this a little bit last week, about how dispensation means stewardship. 
So this dispensation of grace, it's a great dispensation to live in. Amen? Because God's saying, my grace is bestowed upon you. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest. He says, I'm going to forgive you of your sins. I'm going to hide you under the shadow of my pavilion. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. That's the grace of God. And he says, I'm going to have mercy on you. You can fail and you can stumble. I'm going to, you can come back to me and come boldly into my presence. And, and I'm going to have mercy on you. I'm going to give you grace. Hallelujah. But it, the dispensation simply means a stewardship, which means an accountability. In Luke 16 and verses 1 and 2, he said also his, to his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. So he called unto him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer be steward. Paul here is also trying to get across to us that the dispensation of grace, this great grace that's bestowed upon us, and the old saying that mercy is free, but it's going to cost you everything. The grace of God is free, but it's going to cost you everything. He's saying don't take it lightly. It's not something that we can just casually come into the presence of God. That we think that we can live however we want to live because God's so loving and so merciful and so gracious. He's saying we need, to be, we need to be accountable for this dispensation of grace. It's not that you can just do whatever you want to do and the love of God's going to overshadow it. He says, no, you've got to live according to the word of God. And you've got to make sure that your life lines up with the word of God. Amen. You can't take the Word of God and just fit it into your life. you got to change your life to fit into the Word of God. You can't just live anywhere you want to live. I know we understand that, but we got to be very careful and remind ourselves that there's going to be a day of accountability. We're going to give an account of what we did with this great dispensation of grace. Hallelujah. And he says you better be careful not to compare yourself amongst yourself. Well, so-and-so's doing it. Well, she's getting by with it. Well, they're doing it, and it seems to be okay. I want you to understand that we need to line up to the Word of God. Hallelujah. You better get some convictions of your own, even in the church. I've had people say, well, you know, if they're saved, I'm going to be saved. You know what I'm saying? And if they're able to do that, I'm... I want you to know you better get some personal convictions of your own that say, God, I want to line up to your word. Hallelujah. It's going to be an accountability of this great grace. But Paul's saying, man, we've got this great liberty wherein we live. And if you fail, if you make a mistake, you can come boldly into his presence and say, oh, God, forgive me. And his mercy's there. It sweeps into us. It's such a great thing that he has given to us. And it's a great power that's bestowed upon the church. We have this mercy, and then we have this power that we can overcome, that we can do whatever needs to be done for the kingdom's sake. We need to realize that we are the body of Christ. 
and that we <clears throat> need to function as the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And that's why it's no place for any individual in the church just to come to church, sit on the pew, hear the word of God, go out, do your thing, just come back the next time. There's a work for each and every person that's in the body of Christ. Every part of the body of Christ is important. But it's through the power of the Holy Ghost that we can exercise the position and the calling that Christ has in our life. <clears throat> they recently did a trip to Haiti and they had a great time down there. There was like 40 of them that went there and they, they had a crusade down there. Nearly 400 people got the Holy Ghost in the crusade. I was talking to my son Tyler and he had the opportunity to go with the group. And he said, you know, there's churches everywhere down there. Humanitarian efforts going on all around. And I can remember something that Pastor said that really stuck with me. He's, and we're building a medical clinic there in Haiti. And thank God for it. It's a humanitarian effort to help them in that area. But he says, we can help them all we want in that area. But unless we take the gospel and see the power of the Holy Ghost move, he says, their lives won't change. Amen. And I'm thankful that they went down there and they said it was kind of rough and it was kind of spiritual warfare trying, but they had almost 400 people receive the power through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Sealed, hallelujah, with the Holy Ghost. After that, they believed. Now they'll have the power to change their lives. And pastors always said this too. He said he's been all around the world, in the third world countries, the poorest world's uh, areas of the world and he said everywhere that he goes when there's the churches there baptized in Jesus name filled with the Holy Ghost their standard of living is a little bit higher than the rest why because we have the power why because we have this grace of God that gives us the ability to come into his presence and define his will for our lives amen so we are the church and we have to operate as the church he says, you're going to be, receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. And there's so many ways that we become witnesses, not just even in talking to an individual, but your life is an open epistle that's known and read of all men. When you're overcoming, when you're going through situations that your family and friends know, and you, you uh, maintain that uplifted faith and confidence in God, you're witnessing you're being the body of Christ. Every time you come across the parking lot and you pick up a piece of paper that's on the ground or you help in any area in the church in cleaning or in the landscaping or in ushering or whatever it may be, you're acting as the body of Christ. We're witnessing to this world. We're, we're here for a purpose, amen? And that's to reach this lost and dying world with the power of the Holy Ghost that we've all received. Oh, hallelujah, I never shall forget that day. Hallelujah, will you? When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, praise God, and the light bulb was turned on. So Paul's trying to get this across to us, that we're the body, that we have a position, that there is things that the, uh, the body has. And I talked in one of the lessons about the fact that we are chosen. Think about that. We are chosen you are a chosen 
generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you've been chosen? The world, folks, is lonely. The world, you can be all by yourself, but if you've been chosen by God, hallelujah, you can feel like you're a part of something, amen? You can go through situations and trials, amen, and not really understand it all, but if you're a child of God, you realize you've been chosen of God. And let me just say this for what it's worth. The prayers that you pray are the answer. The prayer is the answer. Sometimes we pray and we don't really see the answer of what we're looking for. But in reality, the prayer is the answer. Because when you pray, he gives you that peace that passes all understanding. And whether you get the exact answer that you're looking for right away or it's down the road anywhere, you have the peace of God that passes understanding. Hallelujah. Because you have been chosen, you are a chosen generation. So we're chosen of God. And next we, he talked about, and these are just three things that I picked out from this, but we're chosen and we're redeemed. In Ephesians 1.7 in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. It means to deliver from sin and its consequences by means of a sacrifice offered for the sinner. That's redemption. So not only have we been chosen, but we've been redeemed. And we know within ourselves we're unworthy, right? We know that we make so many mistakes, that we've, we've uh, done the wrong things, we've sinned, we've all had sin in our lives, we've all gone down the wrong path, but the Bible says we've been redeemed. The sacrifice has already been offered. All we have to do is get back to the altar, hallelujah. The way has already been made, amen? And so this third thing is which I'm talking about this morning is the fact that we are sealed with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? In Ephesians 1.13, which we read at the beginning, in whom ye also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You believed the gospel. And don't let this ever get away from you. The gospel is simply this. The death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's our message to the world. That Jesus Christ came. He died for our sins. And not only did he die for our sins, but he rose again to power and authority. Hallelujah. And he's coming back for a church. Amen. But the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we uh, go through that same symbolically in our repentance, baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, right? That's how we fulfill the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, you were sealed with this Holy Spirit. It's a stamp, if you will, the signet or the private mark. When you've got the Holy Ghost, 
I want you to know it puts the spirit world on alert that that's a child of God. Oh, hallelujah. If we could get what I'm trying to say right here, when you've got the Holy Ghost, I want you to know that every devil trembles when you walk by because it's Christ in you. We've got the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And it's God's stamp. It's his private mark, the security, the preservation. Hallelujah. Which is the earnest. It's just a little earnest money. You ever purchased a house? And they want you to put some earnest money down because that means you're going to go and get a loan from the bank and come back and purchase that house. You say, I'm going to give you a little earnest money. That's a promissory note that I'm going to come and I'm going to make this thing. He says, the Holy Ghost is the earnest of our inheritance. It's just a little pledge. What we feel now, folks, is just a little bit of what heaven is going to be all about. Hallelujah. You take your highest high, you take your highest service in the Holy Spirit and in the, in the services here at the church, and I want you to know they don't even compare. Paul says the sufferings of this world don't compare with the glory that's going to be revealed unto us. We can't even comprehend what heaven's going to be like. We just got a little bit of this power. But oh man, if we would just exercise it, God could do great and marvelous things through our lives. It's the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise and the glory and the praise of his glory. So we have to receive after you believe. And in Acts chapter 19, we find where this Ephesian church really began in Acts chapter 9. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto them, We have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. That sent a little signal to John. You haven't heard this yet? He said, Well, then how were you baptized? And they said unto him, we were baptized under John's baptism. And then Paul, then said Paul, John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Believe on him. Hallelujah. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. The Holy Ghost, this is the start of the church at Ephesus, and the Holy Ghost was given to these 12 men, and they were about 12. And Paul went into the synagogue, and he spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But his main focus was the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You receive this Holy Ghost, amen? You receive this power that comes, this, this uh, signet, if you will, this down payment, this earnest of God, hallelujah, is His Spirit within us. So if we look at Ephesians chapter 3, it begins to talk about <clears throat> this Holy Spirit. 
In Ephesians chapter 3, it starts with, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. So I say this all the time, but I'm going to repeat it again. Paul considered himself the prisoner of Jesus Christ. When you're a prisoner of Jesus Christ, the world has no control over you. The, the world has no power over you. <laughs> you can go through some things. You can be thrown in jail for the gospel's sake. And you can still have an uplifted spirit because you say, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I'm here because of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And he says, if ye have heard of the dispensation of grace of God which is given me to you. He said, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in a few words. Let me just stop right here and move to Colossians chapter 1, verse 25 and 27. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, almost the same wording that we're getting here, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. Mystery simply means, when you look it up, the shutting of the mouth or the hidden truth. This shutting of the mouth is not made known yet, right? But in John, he writes, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And I think it's verse 14 of John chapter 1, where he says, And the word was made flesh. And so now we have a voice in Jesus Christ, hallelujah, who is God manifested in the flesh. It's not a second person in a trinity. He, put, he makes that very plain. He says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And he said, then all of a sudden he decided, I'm going to robe myself in flesh. And the Word becomes flesh. And now we have a spokesperson, something that we can relate to. A sacrifice that is going to die for us in the person of Jesus Christ. And he said, so this hidden truth, which among the Gentiles, verse 27 which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Think about that for a minute. I know we all have. But it's Christ in us. God in us. The power of God in us. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're receiving a portion of God within you. That's why the Bible says, greater is he that is in you, hallelujah, than he that is in the world. There's power, power, hallelujah, wonder-working power in the Holy Spirit, amen? It's Christ in you, this Holy Spirit that he's given us, this seal, if you will. And going back to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 4, it says, whereby... When you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, but is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Thank God 
the Gentiles now. It's not just to the Jews alone, but this is the mystery that's been hidden. And I don't know about you, but I'm not a Jew. I'm a Gentile. I think most of us are. Hallelujah, that ought to be enough to make a shout every time we realize the fact that this great truth, this great mystery has been opened unto us. Hallelujah, that now we are partakers of the body of Christ. Amen. Now we are heirs with Him, that we can sit with Him in heavenly places. Praise God. Praise God. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of the promise of the gospel. In John chapter 14, when he was talking to his disciples before his crucifixion, and he says, I, in my Father's house are many mansions, I go to prepare a place for you. And they says, How, where are you going? We don't know. And he, Jesus said, I am the way. Follow me. And I think it was Philip that says, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And he said, have I been so long with you and you have not known me? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm the Father. Hallelujah. In verse 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Hallelujah. Jesus, the flesh, was going to leave, right? He was crucified. He rose again. He appeared unto his disciples uh, for 40 days after his resurrection, but he left again not to be seen until he comes back again for the church. But he says, I'm going to give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Hallelujah. So Jesus is saying, I am the Holy Ghost. I am the Father. Amen. All these three are one. Hallelujah. He says, I'm just another manifestation. I've got to go away, but I'm going to come back to you in the form of the Holy Ghost. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Hallelujah. I want you to know that in your darkest hour, you can have the comfort of Almighty God within you, hallelujah, because He is the Spirit that abides within us. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. That was before His crucifixion. Afterwards, He was seen of them and spoke with them. And in Luke 24, He talks to them. In verse 45, He opened up their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. And Jesus said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise. Everybody say promise. The promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high, he led them as far as Bethany, lifted up his hands, blessed them, came to pass while he blessed them. He was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. But then we find in Acts, they're waiting for the promise, right? They're there, the promise is being sent to them. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter's there preaching to them. 
He said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise. Everybody say promise. Is unto you, to your children, to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And I'm just trying to simply get across to somebody today, if you've not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues, I want you to know it's a promise. Hallelujah. You repent, and it's promised unto you. Hallelujah. It is given unto you. It's a gift that all you have to do is receive. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Remember, we are chosen. God has called us. And so this great promise is to each and every one of us. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to save yourself. You're going to have to do the repentance. You're going to have to be the one that invites God into, into your life. Amen? And it's a battle. And it's a warfare. And I don't want to minimize the fact that it's a, it's a long-distance race. Amen? But I want you to know that God is saying, I've made all the provisions. Everything that you've made, I've given to you. And if that's not enough, he said, I'm going to come and live within you myself. Hallelujah. That greater is he that's within us than he that is within the world. And he said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. As we go back to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 7, he says, Whereof, Paul's speaking now, he said, I'm a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, he's saying, I'm not worthy of this, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Oh my goodness. The God that created all things, that when you have the Holy Ghost within you, the Bible says he leads you and guides you into all truth. And we, became, we can begin to search and to seek after God. And church, we need to be seeking after God every day because we'll never be able to search all of his greatness. Amen? They're unsearchable. All of his greatness is unsearchable riches. They, they just You can't ever exhaust it. But they're there every day, and the, and the longer you're in it, and the more you search after you, the more you realize how great He is, and how wonderful He is, and how powerful He is. Hallelujah. And sometimes it gets a little scary. Come into the presence of God, it's a little fearful because He's so powerful, and He's so pure, right? And He's so holy. But that's what the Spirit is. It's the Holy Ghost. That's what gives us the ability to come into his presence. Not that we're worthy. We're still in this old flesh that is nothing. But when we've got the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, within us, it makes us able to come boldly into his presence to find that ever-present help in the time of need. The unsearchable riches of Christ. We can search after him and seek after him. And the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ and this is the, the revelation that he wants you to get in verse 10 to the intent that now unto the principalities 
and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifest, the manifold wisdom of God. He's saying that we might be know the powers that are in heavenly places. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Amen? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You can't take a gun and fight this battle. You can't take a, a knife and fight this battle. But when you have the Holy Ghost within you, hallelujah, the power that lies within us is able to pull down the strongholds that would try to prevent you from living for God. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought under the obedience of Christ. He brings us into the place where we can have a clear conscience, where we can think clearly through the mercies and the forgiveness of Almighty God through the power of the Holy Ghost. He says, unto the principalities and the powers in heavenly places that they might be made known by the church, this manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness, hallelujah, and access with confidence by faith of Him. We have an altar call almost every Sunday morning, every Sunday night after service. That altar call is for each and every one of us. It's representing us coming into the presence of God. You don't have to come to an altar. You can do it in your bedroom. But when, when you're at the church and you come at the invitation at the end, it's, it's, a, it's a representation. It's saying it's a faith walk by you that say, I'm going in to the presence of God. Hallelujah. Boldly. We can come boldly with confidence, that means. We can come with confidence that we have access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. That can answer our prayers. That can do anything. Hallelujah. If we can... Come before him with confidence and faith. He says, wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is for your glory. And then Paul prays this prayer. In verse 14 he says, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Oh my goodness. Aren't you thankful for the peace of God? Aren't you thankful for the peace of God? I want you to know that if you are here and you're tormented in your mind and in your life, I want you to understand that is not how it's supposed to be. We're tormented by our circumstances that are around us. We're uh, tormented by the things that are going on in the world. Amen? But there's a peace of God that passes all understanding. Paul's wanting us to understand this, that it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And no matter what you're going through, you can walk through it, hallelujah, and have peace. And you can lay your head down at night and have the peace of God 
And it's, you can't explain it. It's beyond understanding. It's like, I don't understand it. I shouldn't be able to lay down. There's all this turmoil in my life, chaos in the world. But it's the power of the Holy Ghost which raises us up to where we sit in heavenly places. Hallelujah. And sometimes we forget our position in Christ. And we allow those tormenting things to come against us. But I'm here to remind us today, as Paul's trying to remind the church, that we have the power of the Holy Ghost and the peace of God, which passes all understanding. And he wants you to be strengthened in the inner man. Praise God. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. No longer is this just a ritual, is what he's saying. You're not, we're not going through a ritual. We're not just going through the motions. But this is a way of life. When he says to the Romans, he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. It comes through the power of Christ within us, the inner man, that he may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Aren't you thankful when you came into the church and you got the Holy Ghost, seemed like a light bulb went off, and you begin to understand what the breadth, the length, you begin to understand really what it was all about, that this world has nothing to offer, amen, that this world is on a fast pace to nowhere, hallelujah, but the church is on its way up, that you have purpose in life. Paul's trying to say you're a part of the body of Christ. You have purpose, hallelujah. God's made the provisions. He's given you the power to sit in heavenly places, hallelujah, and fills you with his spirit, Christ in us, the hope of glory, that he may dwell in your hearts by faith. We've got to exercise that faith constantly. It's a battle, amen? It's a fierce battle. It's a war. It's a knock-down, drag-out fight, amen? You're going to fight for the salvation of your soul. But he's saying, I've made all the provisions, hallelujah. Everything that you need is there. And you may be able to comprehend what it's all about, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, and to be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able, hallelujah, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Oh, praise God. He's saying he is able to do. He's able to do it. And he's able to do it above, even way beyond what you're able to ask or even think. He's saying, I'm able to do this for you. He is able to do exceeding abundantly. Hallelujah. But it's according to what? The power that works within us. The Holy Spirit that is there to exercise it. He's saying live according to it. Amen. Take the authority in your house through the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Tell the devil he's not allowed there. Amen. Take authority at your place of work and 
to go into those heavenly places with Jesus Christ, who's the head of the body, and say, devil, you have no place here in my work area. Amen. And in your families and in your children, hallelujah, that you got the authority to say, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, you have no place here, devil, hallelujah. And we can come before his presence that is able to abundantly do whatever we're able to ask. Or think, hallelujah. And I know we all have petitions, but he's not a genie that we can just rub and they answer our prayers. But when you get to the place where you're saying, God, I want to live for you. Uh, I want to draw closer to you. Uh, I don't know about my circumstance. I don't know how this is all going to work out, but I want to know you. Uh, I want to search for you, God. Uh, I'm reaching for I want you to know there's no bars held back by Almighty God on you. When you pray like that, and he swings in there, he swoops in there with all power, hallelujah, of his abilities that he's able to do exceeding abundantly. I'm just trying to tell somebody today, you can live for God, you can live for Almighty God through the power of the Holy Ghost. God has given us all the provisions. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, Above all that we're able to ask or think, according to the power, it's already within us. The power's within us through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Unto Him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And let the church say, Amen. That's just saying, let it be. Hallelujah. Amen. So be it. Hallelujah. Amen to the Word of God. Hallelujah. There's power in the Word of God. Amen. Let's all stand today. and Let's just lift our hands and thank Him for the Holy Spirit that He's given to us. God, we thank You, Lord, for the power of Your presence. I thank You, Lord, for the power of Your anointing I feel in this place today. And God, that we sit in heavenly places with You. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, O oh God, let us understand our position in You and take the authority that You desire for the church to have. And let no one leave this place today, God, without Your power, without the presence. Fill them with the Holy Ghost, Almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah.